Good morning, good morning. I know most of you are thinking, Nathan's stepping up on stage. Better get comfortable. We're going to be here a little while. Mark already said I need to cut today short because it's his birthday and he needs to make it to P.F. Chang's. But let me just let you guys know, there's a new year. There's a new Nathan. I got one page of notes. We're going to have a good time this morning. We're starting off with a little, little interactive part, okay? So I want you to be, be thinking about these things. Um, it's weird to me, you know, we have this time where our calendar rolls over to a new year, but it's kind of arbitrary, right? This just happens to be we're the same place around the sun. If we were on a different planet, we'd have a different length to our year. I don't think Pluto's had a new year since we discovered it. And so we take this time of all of the year to think back on all of the disappointments from this last year. All the things that we wanted to do that we didn't do, all the things that we said we wouldn't do, and then those are the things that we ended up doing. And with regret and regrief and grief, we think about maybe I shouldn't have spent so much time at work. Maybe I should have spent more time with family or Maybe I shouldn't drank as much this last year. Maybe I, uh, maybe I should have invested or saved. Uh, maybe I made that poor financial decision. Maybe I put things off saying I would get to them tomorrow, and then now it's 2024, and we never got to it. And we look back with grief on the year and the events. But now it's 2024. So we can look forward with desire and make these New Year's resolutions, things that we're going to do different this year. We're going to eat better. We're going to exercise. We're going to quit smoking or drinking or spending time around that toxic person or death or doom scrolling social media. 2024 is going to be different. But I'll tell you guys, from my experience thinking back over the years, Oftentimes, the desires that I have at the beginning of the year turn into grief by the end of the year. Those things that I took the time at the beginning of the year saying, these are going to be my New Year's resolutions, look back and be like, well, that never happened. So studying for this one, I found out, it's like, so research has been done about um, New Year's resolutions. And I want you guys to think about that grief that you had over last year and the desires that you have for this year as we talk about today's sermon. And know that st statistics show that 9% of Americans who make New Year's resolutions actually accomplish their resolutions. And in case you didn't hear me, that's 9%. It's pretty low. Statistics show that at this point, we're a week into 2024, 23% of New Year's resolutions have already fallen by the wayside, almost a quarter. And by the end of the month, that'll be 43% of New Year's resolutions. And so why is it? Why do we end each year looking back with grief over the things that we did, did, did do that we didn't want to do or the things that we didn't do that we said we were going to do? And then move into the year looking forward to what the next year has to hold, only to be disappointed 
again. So today, the sermon point, you know, I like to let you guys know in case you fall asleep what we're going to be talking about today. This is the last name in our Names of God series, and I want you guys to know God desires to trade your old, dead life for a new, active, eternal life. God desires to trade your old, dead life for a new, active, eternal life. So, I have an illustration, and it's coming from the book of James, but this is my bathroom mirror. For you guys online who can't see, this is my bathroom mirror. This is the mirror that I look into to make sure that I'm ready for the day. And I used to not do that. I used to not care um, what I looked like, unfortunately for my wife, most of the time, but I noticed that whenever I started filming, like whenever I started showing up in videos, it was the littlest thing would be a distraction, right? Like that piece of food in your teeth or that white fleck on my shoulder that Mark can't look away from. And if I spent just a moment in the mirror looking at my appearance and fixing those things, then that would be something to, uh, I would have avoided completely. But I, I often don't. I don't look in the mirror, I forget what I look like, or I don't notice that things are disheveled or out of place. And then I'd look back with regret at the video that I made, or the person that I just talked to with a big piece of broccoli between my middle teeth. Um, James, Jesus' little brother, has this illustration. In the very beginning of his letter, um, he wrote um, in James chapter 1, he says, understand this. My dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. We could end the sermon right there. I think that's a message that we could take into this new year. Uh, but he continues, and I want to point out this, this word angry here, we run into a little bit of a difficulty that we don't have a one-to-one English word that matches with this Greek word. It happens all through the Bible. And the translators do their best, but it's good to dig a little bit deeper. So the Greek word for anger here is orge, and it is a smoldering, long-term desire paired with grief. It's a smoldering, long-term desire paired with grief. That's the anger that James is talking about right here. He continues, Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and you don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and forget what you look like. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So that's what we're going to look at today, to look into the perfect law that sets us free. Normally, we don't pair law and freedom. 
God does, the perfect law that sets us free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you've heard. So I feel like oftentimes we um, will hear a sermon from Jim Bob and it will be convicting and we'll feel bad about some aspect of our life. And then we'll fist bump the person next to us and be dismissed. And then where are we eating today? And what do I have planned for this week? And we just let it go. It's uncomfortable to sit in that place, that place of conviction. Or you might hear a sermon and just be hyped for what God is doing in your life, looking forward to this week and everything that's going to happen. And then you leave here and the kids are a little bit too loud and it's just, you forget what you look like. So I was talking about this with, with Jim Bob this week and trying to decide if, you know, what, what am I going to call the series, what, what, or sorry, the sermon, what am I going to call this sermon, what's going to be the new intro video? And he was like, you know, there's a name of God that might fit well with your sermon. And so that's what we're talking about today. This last name of God in the series is Yahweh Mekadishkim. That's the Lord who sanctifies you. And so you pull that up, and one of the first places that it's mentioned is in the book of Leviticus. In Leviticus, God is giving the law. That word sounds familiar from James. He's giving the law to the people of Israel, and this is a way for them to act so that they're different, so that they don't look like the people around them. And we pick up in Leviticus 20, verse 7. So set yourselves apart to be holy. That's a Hebrew word. Sometimes it says consecrate yourself or sanctify yourself. So this is an idea of being different. Holiness specifically being different in the way that God is different. So set yourself apart to be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Keep all my decrees by putting them into practice, for I am the Lord who makes you holy. How interesting that this passage starts with God telling us what to do and ends with him saying, I'm the one who's going to do it. It starts with him saying, I need you guys to be different, so be different, because I'm the God who makes you different. It's worth pausing right here and talking about that word holy. So we see in the Old Testament that in the garden, God's space and humanity's space overlapped. And the picture in Genesis that's given to us is that God walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. And when Adam and Eve made a mistake, there was a separation between those two spaces. God's space was no longer with man's space because we had sin, we had rebellion, and there was a split. And what God is doing here is he's inviting humanity back into his space. I want you to come back and be the way that I created you to be. God, uh, sorry, Paul talks about this in his letter to the Romans. All of chapter 6 is really good. I'm sure that you guys who are involved in the Sunday morning Bible study on Romans um, are just having a great time. That's next week, by the way, if you want to jump in on that. But Romans chapter 6, if you want to learn about this being holy or sanctifying yourself, being different, all of chapter 6 would be good. We're going to read just a few of the verses out of it. Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 12. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. You guys hear Paul saying, be holy, guys. Be holy. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. 
For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Jesus invites us to come and see. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and, had, and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. God desires for, you, for us to trade our old dead life for a new active eternal life. He's wanting to make that trade. It's important for us to know, like when we become saved, we throw that word around a lot. When we become saved, there are different aspects to that salvation. It starts off with our justification. We are right in God's sight. He looks at us and sees his sinless, spotless son. But he wants so much more than that for our life. That little sentence snuck up in there that Jesus said, come and see. Molly shared a devotion with me at the beginning of the week. It's weird how God orchestrates these things. Um, but the devotional is part of the Bible reading app. Talked about um, in the book of John, near the beginning, um, not the writer of the book of John, but uh, John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, was in the wilderness. And he was proclaiming that the kingdom of God was coming. Prepare your hearts. The kingdom of God is coming. And one day Jesus shows up and John the Baptist says to his disciples and the people around, he says, behold the Lamb of God. And that sparked a couple of his disciples' interest. And so they walked away and they followed Jesus. And John records this interesting interaction where Jesus turns around and asks them, what do you want? Think about that for a second. If Jesus turned around and looked at you today and said, what do you want? We're at the beginning of 2024. If you haven't thought about the year, you should start. What do you want? And the disciples, they didn't really have a good response. They knew that this man was different. He had a life about him. And so they thought, what do we want? And their response was, Rabbi, teacher, where are you staying? What a strange response. Jesus asked them, what do you want? And their response was, where, where are you staying, teacher? And Jesus replied to them, not down the street, not in Nazareth, not, I'm kind of a big deal, you should know. Jesus responds in three words. Come and see. Come and see. That is the message of the gospel. He died to give us the power to be different, but he's inviting us on a journey with him as he brings God's space into human space. And so it's important for us to realize, like, God doesn't 
want your New Year's resolutions. He wants your whole life. He doesn't want your Sunday mornings. He wants your whole life. He doesn't want your 10%. He wants your whole life. He doesn't want your late nights on the computer or your Friday evenings. He wants your whole life. And he's willing to trade you your old dead life for a new, active, eternal, age-enduring life. So what do we do with this? That's great to know, Nathan, but then what? James outlined it. Follow his commands. He's telling us in his word how to live the right life, the life that you were created for, the life that he's inviting you into, the life that is a little picture of eternity, of heaven with him until that one day where we get to go and experience it in its fullness with him. And so where do you start? You gotta start in the word of God. And so this is a shameless plug. I would love for you guys to join me and the other people here at City Point in reading through the Bible in a year. And so I'm giving you permission right now if you wanna get out your phone, citypointchurch.tv forward slash CPC Bible 24. Our initials, CPC Bible 24. And you know what? There's no, there's no legalism. There's no obligation. It is a daily Bible reading, but you'll benefit from catching up with the group once a week, one Bible reading a week. You'll, you'll benefit from just watching the overview videos. What is God trying to tell us in his word? He has provided his living word to fill our lives up and inviting us into that partnership. Sanctify yourself. Consecrate yourself. Make yourself holy because I am Yahweh, Mekadishkin. I am the God who sanctifies you. Let me just say one last thing. This is not Elohim. This is not the generic name of God. This is Yahweh, the eternal I am, the perfect presence. And that is what's coming into our life and making us new. So if you didn't catch the Bible uh, link, come find me after the service. I'm going to help you out. 2024 is going to be a different year. We're not going to end it with regret regret and, and grief over what didn't happen. We're not going to put forth these empty desires for what might happen this coming year. We're going to let God take over and see what he can do. You guys pray with me. Father, we just thank you so much for your word that you've given us. The eternal God, Yahweh, has spoken into time and left us with a map of the way that you want us to live. And we thank you that these, these rules, these laws these commands from you are not restricting us. They're showing us the path to new life. And so we thank you for the power of your son and the gift in his sacrifice that allows us to not fall back into those old ruts that we're new today 
and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys stand up. Let's, let's sing together.